Well, good morning. And as part of May Mission Month, um, we are um, spotlighting some of the overseas missionaries that you send overseas um, to be part of um, God's mission that is everywhere. So my name's Tom. I'm one of these people that you are sending um, January 1st this next year, along with my beautiful wife, Elise, and our little one soon to be any day now, um, which of which we are very excited about. Um, so we are joining a um, team that is um, part of a work in the Balkans, and you can ask us where specifically, you just have to come talk to us. Um, we are partnering with, um, with a team that's already been there, um, that's reaching the, the least reached people um, in that area. There are less than 0.2% who know Jesus there, and so that's a burden that God has put out on our hearts to go, and that you have been committed to us, um, that we would be part of that, and that um, that we would be part of what God is doing in the Balkans. And uh, so we'll be um, teaching English, doing some health education um, as, a, as a way to reach people um, that they may know Jesus and that, that um, in the town that we'll be living in, which there is currently no believers or any church, that God willing, we would see people um, like we have participated in today, um, sh- fellowshipping together in communion. Um, so that's, um, that's what we're on about. But you can ask more about that if you come and chat with us, um, or you can, and you can also come and find out more stuff if you um, check out the mission stall in the corner. But this morning, I'm doing the Bible reading, and you'll have um, across this series um, the, the cross-cultural missionaries that you're supporting doing the Bible reading. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you like to grab your Bibles. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm reading from the NLT. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 11. Paul writes to the Corinthian church these words. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows that we are sincere, and and I hope you know this too. See, we are commending ourselves to you. Um, Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry um, than having a sincere heart. If it seems that we are crazy, it has to bring. Um, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right mind, well, then it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view as well. How differently we know him now. This means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself For God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to him, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who, knew, who never knew sin, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Thank you, Tom. So exciting to hear what God is doing in, in your life, and we definitely keep praying for you and Elise and this week coming up and the safe arrival of the little one. Um, thank you, brother, for reading from God's Word. This morning, I've got this topic, mission is everywhere. Now, for some of you, you might hear that and you think, oh, that's exciting. It's so true. The mission is everywhere around us. Wherever we are is where the mission of God is. It's exciting. God is doing so many things in Townsville. It's really exciting. Some of us, and sometimes, if I'm honest, that could be me, it, it sounds exhausting. The mission is everywhere. Exhausting. I think the truth is that it's both. It is exciting and it is exhaustive. If I were to ask you this morning the question, what is the goal of the church? What is the goal of the church? If you were to answer that question to the person next to you, what would you say? Go for it. What is the goal of the church? Okay, this is what John Piper says about the goal of the church. He makes this statement. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. The reason why God created humanity, why God created us, is so that we would worship Him. We would honor Him as the Creator. We would turn to Him and worship Him with our lives. God is God. We are not. Worship Him. That is the goal of the church, is to worship God. That's why I can say that missions is exhaustive. Because the reality is, one day when Jesus returns, there will be no more missions, because Jesus will turn and set all things right. One day, all of us will come before God in worship to Him. Everyone that's turned to God will stand before His throne and worship Him. Well, the truth is that, that we, in this current state, because there are so many people that are not worshiping God, we are called to missions. We're called to, to encourage others to also worship God, the one true God. At the moment in our world, 2.4 billion people will recognize themselves as Christians. 2.4 billion people. That means there's a whole lot of people in our world, two-thirds to be exact, that are not followers of Jesus. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Two-thirds of the world who are not followers of Jesus. If we think about Australia, the 2016, we're waiting for new census data. The 2016 data showed that only 7% of Australians are active followers of Jesus. That's challenging. 93% of Australians, people living around us, are not active followers of Jesus. 
in Australia, Christianity is known as the largest religion. Second largest religion is no religion in Australia. In the world, you have Christianity, you have Islam, and then thirdly, you've got no religion as the largest religion in the world. But in Australia, no religion is growing exponentially. People are moving out of the church. So if I say those statistics, if we think about missions and it's everywhere, I don't know if you're the same, but sometimes I can feel overwhelmed. The mission is so big. There's so many people that don't know God. So many people walking around us without hope. I can start feeling numb. Lord, what am I to do about it? Maybe you're feeling stuck. Stuck in the fact that you're in your workplace, but you're finding, I can't really share my faith and people don't want to talk about it. I'm feeling stuck. Maybe you're also struggling to share what you believe with others. Or maybe you're just feeling burdened. You look at the city of Townsville, you look at the nation, you can see what's happening in our community and it breaks your heart. You're burdened for what is happening. Knowing that so many people are living a hopeless life without eternity. This morning, thank you, Tom, for reading the Bible for us. But I want to encourage us that, that in 2 Corinthians 5, we'll start a little bit earlier. And we'll see how Paul actually acknowledges this feeling. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 4, he says, For while we are in this tent, while we are in this earthly body, he calls it, this tent, he calls says, we groan and we are burdened because we don't actually want to be here anymore as followers of Jesus when we know what it would be like to be in heaven with God. Sometimes it'd just be easier to be there where everything is right and perfect and as it should be, like it was in the garden initially when God created it. Imagine a world without sin. How good would that be with this only joy, happiness, goodness around us? How good would that be, being in perfect relationship with one another? While we are on this body, we groan, we are burdened. But then we see here, Paul says, okay, I want to change your vision. I want to change how you're looking at things. In verse 5, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. God has made us. He has fashioned us. He has put things into place. He has given us His Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing to us, knowing that there is a future there is an eternity with God, something we can long to, something we can hope for. Therefore, Paul can say, we are always confident. Even while we are burdened in this body, even while we look around us and we don't see hope, we can be confident because we do not live by sight. We don't live by the things we see around us. We live by faith, as Paul says. How good is that? Such a reminder for us of God's plan. Reminder that He sent His Spirit. It is His plan. We should live by faith, not by sight. The passage goes on as as Tom read this morning in verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all. Jesus died for all and therefore all of us have died. And He died for all that those who live when we come alive in Christ should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. 
So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in his way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus. Through what Jesus did on the cross, on Easter, what we celebrated, he gave, Jesus actually made us new. And it says, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus, not counting our sins against us anymore. He has committed us to the message of reconciliation. And this is what Paul says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If Jesus has changed your life, you become an ambassador of his kingdom, as though God was making his appeal through us, through you and me, through the church, he's making his appeal to the world. And Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Everyone, be reconciled to God. Turn, repent, be reconciled to God. For this is what God did. God made him, God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took our punishment. So what can we learn from this passage this morning? What can we be reminded of this morning? That it is God's mission. It is not our mission. It is God's mission. It's God's plan to reconcile the world. And it's his invitation to us. He's invited us into his ministry of reconciliation. It's not our ministry. It's his ministry. And we are his ambassadors. And ultimately, it's not our sacrifice. It's Jesus' sacrifice that made it all possible for us to be reconciled with God. So the question for us, each of us, is how do we respond? How do we respond with our lives? How do we respond in living out our faith? To be honest, and oftentimes this is me, not, not me, Lord, not me. Not me. Oh, Lord, I'm not skilled enough. I'm not, I haven't learned enough. I haven't gone to Bible college for long enough. I don't have my PhD yet. I'm not a reverend or some reason. We come up with these excuses. And so often, to, if we're honest with ourselves, we're so focused on what we are doing and not really focused on what God is doing. Not me, Lord. It reminded me of a character in the Bible, and some of you might be thinking of the same one already. In Exodus 3 and 4, we find this guy named Moses. And God appears to him in the burning bush, right? And God decides he's going to use Moses to, to, to bring his people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses says, who am I, Lord, that you would send me? He says, can't send me. In these verses we, say, we see here in Exodus 4 verse 1, he says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? This is where God is telling him to go talk to the, to the leaders of the Israelites. And he says to Moses, go and tell them what God is going to do, that God is going to bring them out of slavery. And Moses says, what if they don't believe me? In verse 10, he says, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. I'm not skilled enough. Verse 13, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. ever done that? The situation where, where God has placed you in where, you, where you, you, you know that 
this opportunity here to share with somebody about what you believe and you're like, oh, Lord, no, maybe, maybe the next person will do that. Don't send me. I don't want to go to that place or I don't want to work in that environment. Lord, please then send me. Send someone else. This is a, such an old statement, but it's a very, very true statement for us today. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. See, the, the, the truth is, is that God is sovereign. God doesn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes when he made you, when he created you. He made you just right. He created you how he wanted you to be. He's given you gifts. He's given you understanding. He's given you opportunities to serve him wherever context he's placed you in. Where you are right now is not a mistake. God has placed you there. God has brought you on this journey in your life for a particular reason. Do we believe that? Do we believe that God is sovereign? He did not make a mistake with you. This morning, we're going to look at a, a video that Baptist Mission Australia has just put out. A video about crossing the street. Helping us to see and understand that mission isn't just in the church or on a Sunday or, or a, a job of the minister or someone else. That we all have a part to play in the mission of God. Let's have a look. We see it all throughout Jesus' life on earth, don't we? The act of crossing the street, of stepping out, of building bridges, of meeting people right where they are, of coming into our world, crossing the street to meet the Samaritan woman, the tax collector, the person with disability, the child, the woman who bled, the man with leprosy, you, me. Crossing the street to love people his culture said he shouldn't even talk to. Yes, it's countercultural, it's transformative, it's confronting. It's hope for you and for me. He'll cross the street for us too. We know it, he already has. It's hope for the whole world. Jesus came into the human neighborhood to show us what love with skin on looks like. He came to give us life with passion and purpose. He came as a servant and invites us to do the same. Jesus' life asks something of us, calls us to follow him. It's a gracious invitation, but it's confronting at the same time. Jesus calls us to cross the street, to step out of our comfort zones, in our own neighborhoods, and to the ends of the earth, to love people through our actions, to go to them, not expecting them to come to us, to partner with God in sharing his stories in places where few have heard them, to suspend judgment and actually listen to embody the good news, to live alongside. We see it in people like you, 
in the daily imperfect, busy lives of Australian believers. Choosing to follow Jesus even when it's hard. Choosing to try again after mistakes. Crossing the street, sharing a meal, starting conversations, modeling God's love, meeting people where they are in your local neighborhoods. And we see it in our humble, passionate, spirit-led workers serving in communities all across the world. Here and there, we're on mission together. We're listeners, learners, alongsiders, givers, goers, prayers, followers of Jesus, street crosses. And it's only with your partnership that our Baptist Mission Australia workers can keep crossing streets and seeing people meet Jesus in ways that make sense to them. Join us, partner with us, and let's keep crossing more and more streets around the world together. A good encouragement for us, isn't it? A good encouragement indeed. Um, this is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 2, chapter 10, verse 2. He told them, as he sent out the 72 workers, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God, the city of Townsville needs you. The city of Townsville needs workers. Lord, send us out. All around us that are people that are needing hope. And Jesus, our Father in heaven, has called us, you and me, to share that hope with people. When it comes to missions and, and living on mission, there's so many helpful resources for us. But so often we're so busy with life, we don't even look for the resources that can help us or we don't even think about the things that can help us in our day-to-day -to, -day to actually live faithfully for Jesus. One of these helpful little books is a book from Warren Crank, who used to be a pastor here. Warren wrote this book, Unofficial Chaplain. He's a, he's a, he was a chaplain for the Cowboys, and now he's a chaplain for the Broncos down in Brisbane. So he was an, an official chaplain, but he says, and he uses this concept of unofficial chaplain, a handbook for everyday service to help people around you. So you don't have to have an official title to be able to talk to people about Jesus. You don't have to be a cross-cultural worker or minister or official chaplain in a, in, in a professional space. Wherever you are, you can be an ambassador of Christ. This is what he says about what it looks like to be an unofficial chaplain. To recognize that we all are commissioned by God. To recognize we all are ambassadors of Christ. When you're a follower of Jesus, you're a citizen of of heaven, not of earth. And we need to be prepared to share the hope that we have in Jesus. And then we need to be prayerful about how we live. Who's prayed those dangerous prayers about God? Help me point out one person today whom I can share my faith with. Who's prayed those dangerous prayers? Because when we do, God responds to those prayers. 
If it's in line with His will, God responds to our prayers. And He brings people along, not in the way we expect it, but He brings people along. It doesn't always mean that we can have an opportunity to share the full gospel with somebody or sit over a conversation, a cup of, a cup of coffee and have a full of conversation. But maybe there's a way each day in which you can show Jesus' love through simple things. And then when we have relationships with people, when we genuinely love people and care for people, what's that old saying? People don't, people don't care about you how much you know. They really care. Can someone repeat that? Can someone finish that for me? How much you care. Isn't that true? We all know that. But if we can actually show people how much we care through love and building relationship with them, then we can leverage those relationships. We can use those relationships to actually bring honor to their life as well by sharing the hope of Jesus with them. In 1 Peter 3, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But don't even but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. Put in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And in Colossians 4, be wise in every way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. really helpful and encouraging things for us to take along with us every day as we desire to follow Jesus. In that same sense, a study from Mark McCrindle Research, they found that these were the top attractors to faith and the top repellents to faith. The highest one there, attractors to faith, is seeing people who live out a genuine faith, a genuine faith. As Pastor Gary said last week, there is no reaching people without following Jesus first. In our mission statement, we say follow, following Jesus, reaching people. The truth is we can't really reach people if we don't know Jesus ourselves. In the Great Commission, it says, go and make disciples. We can't really go and make disciples if we're not a disciple ourselves yet. We need to live out a genuine faith. We need to live out a genuine faith and be there for people when they experience personal trauma in their life. When the people experience hardship around us, then we can actually come alongside them because we have that relationship with them. We can walk a journey with them. We can support them and share with them what we believe. And ultimately, we can live out our story. What God has done in your life is your story. It is powerful. Because it's how God has transformed you and changed you. No one can disregard your story. It is your story. It is what God has done in your life. 
you can share with others that story of transformation, what he's done. He once were a, a person that, that didn't care about others. They couldn't care about anyone else. But all of a sudden, God has transformed your life. He's given you a new sense of purpose, identity, and a heart to want to care and love those around you. Let's not just get caught in philosophical discussions, trying to tell people about miraculous stories. Those are true, and those can be part of your testimony. But tell it from your perspective. Let's be honest and genuine about our faith. There's some of these small group studies that we our life groups are going through. And if you're not in a life group, we encourage you to do that. Life groups are the, the, the connecting bodies that connect all across the city from our church throughout the week. And they study through the Bible and they, they uh, pray together and they encourage one another in their life and faith. That's what I call life groups as we do life together. And our life groups at the moment are going through this resource, Surprise the World by Mike, uh, Michael Frost. And he breaks the mission, being a missional person, being on mission for God, down really simple steps. Often we want to make it so complicated. He says, firstly, we need to learn from Jesus. Learn about who he is. Discover him more. Then we need to listen to the Holy Spirit about who he wants to send in our path. We should eat with people. Break some bread together. As Jesus did with so many people. Eat with them. Bless them. Care for them, love them through simple means and realize that we are sent people. God has sent us into the world. Simple things that can help us in our day-to-day life to become honoring of the mission that we've been called to live out. How can we cross the street? How can you cross the street this week? In your workplace, Physically in your neighborhood, in your family. The truth is that we live in a time where there's a discipleship crisis. We talk about making disciples. Well, even within the church, people are struggling with what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So many of our young people are walking out of the faith. Become followers of Jesus through Sunday school. By the time they're 18, they're gone. Were those roots really deep? Did they really know who God was? Were they really discipled? As we said before, the growing religion in Australia is no religion. It calls for the church to rise up, it calls for us to acknowledge that we have a task. How can you cross the street this week? How can you prepare yourself to actually know the hope that you have, to understand it, to be able to share it? And are you bold enough to pray for opportunities this week? Opportunities to have conversations. You never know what God is going to do. You just never know. The Thursday night before Good Friday, we were practicing and we were getting everything ready for Good Friday morning. We were sort of working on the lights and working all these things to honor God and to bring glory to Him, to use our skills and giftings to bring honor to God. And this lady, like this is not a story of crossing the streets, actually someone that came into the building. And so I was standing and I saw a lady walk into the foyer and it was nine o'clock at night. 
weirdest thing. I've never seen this lady before. So I walk over and I approach her and I start having a conversation with her. And she tells me she lives down the street. And for about six months, she's been driving up and down the street, looking at the church. She hears our music on Sunday mornings. And she has felt God say to her, come in. And she's been hesitant. And that night she drove into the car park and she was sitting out in the car park. She said she was sitting there for a half an hour, deliberating with herself. Should I go in? Should I not go in? Should I go in? Should I not go in? And Haley, who was beautifully singing this morning, was singing. And she heard Haley's voice and she was drawn to Haley's voice and what Haley was singing about. And she wanted to hear more. So she wanted to come in and just sit and listen to the words, listen to the songs as how we worship our God and King. And this lady, we were having this conversation. I just started talking to her and her family is falling apart. Both her parents, are, one is struggling with cancer and the other one is mentally unwell. And, and she's having to carry this heavy burden. And she says she doesn't even know who she is anymore. She just wants to come home. She wants to come home. She wants to find a home for herself in God. I was able to pray with her and open the scriptures with her and share with her. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. That invitation is open to everyone. I don't know where that lady is today and and whether she's going to come back to this church, but I believe that God has brought her along my path to be able for me to share the hope that I have, to be able to pray with her, to care for her in that moment. It's not because I'm special. I was just available and here. So it happened to be that God brought her by my path. How can you cross the street this week? How can you make yourself available to somebody to be with them in their time of crisis, to share with them about the hope that you have, to share Jesus' love with them this week? We're going to sing a song and we're going to sing about the God that we can trust in this morning. Remember, church, it's God's mission. It is His ministry that He's called us to. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you're not alone. God is with you all the time. Let me pray for us this morning as we consider who we may be crossing the street with this week. And that God would give us words to say. And that God would give us an opportunity to be faithful to Him this week. Thank you, Father, that you are such an amazing God. Lord, that even when you created everything perfectly, Lord, and as we rebelled against you, Lord, you always wanted to be in relationship with us. And Lord, you made a way through Jesus, through sending your one and only Son, to die for us, for the sin that we have, the brokenness inside of us. Lord Jesus, you took it upon yourself and you died for us. And Lord Jesus, when you left this earth, you didn't leave us. No, you sent your Holy Spirit to live in us, to be the positive of who you are in our lives all the time. And Lord, I just pray that your spirit will be able to work in our lives, Lord. You enable us to follow you authentically in a real way this week. And Lord, we may be able to reach people for your name's sake. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this community. You're doing so much. But Lord, we honor you as Lord this morning. And we ask, Lord, for more of you. 
Lord, strengthen us to be your witnesses. In Jesus' name we pray.